Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Dear listener, we have wrapped up recording the Game of the Year episode. Oh, this yeah. is coming out before then, but this is the last episode we're recording of 2021. It's kind of surreal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah. We're also on vacation. So yeah. this whole episode has kind of a celebratory, but also tranquil yeah. vibe. Every once in a while, I think we say that an episode is actually low key. And I think this is probably one of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we recorded Goaty uh, a couple days ago. Which was so much fun. It was a great time. It was a really good time. Yeah. And we immediately uh, absconded to a beach house, like a winter beach house, uh, Steven and I are here. AJ's here. Hello, AJ. Hi, AJ. Thank you for editing. Thank you for producing. Thank you for setting up this wonderful recording setup. Yeah, this is cool. Steve and I are recording in person. Um, we're here with some of our friends, Will and Pablo, as well. And uh, it's it's good. We've just been playing a lot of board games. Yeah. And hanging out. Yeah, I think it was unclear whether or not we were like going to record this weekend, but we just figured like being together always is a fun unique energy you know even if it's like i like chess why waste it why wait hey why waste it you know live a little (laughs) it's the last episode of 2021 (laughs) so this this whole trip sort of began with settlers of Catan. yes which was kind of interesting yes we played in person and this is that was your first time playing like the actual i had never played settlers of Catan before i downloaded the app a while ago and tried playing it and the tutorial was so bad that i didn't learn anything and i was frustrated and i was like i fuck this so i closed it and um i watched some people play around once yeah uh i i was in the middle of a nap and i woke up i woke up from my nap and and walked into a room and saw a bunch of people playing Catan. i was like let me just like watch this and see if i can pick up anything and i kind of did a little bit yeah but yesterday or two days ago was my first time ever playing settlers of Catan, the board game uh physical board game and uh boy is it fucking great yeah it's, it's really really good i mean like not a hot take yeah right. settlers of Catan is, is good yeah we're, we're going to eventually get to a video game but we want to open with this because i think it's worth stressing that this is like your first time really experiencing this sort of like classic game yes yeah. i look i i think i think we've recorded this podcast long enough to know a little bit more about ourselves and the things that we like yeah in 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 games and uh i'm like mechanics forward generally speaking sure um i like i like the the clock like nature of game design and like intertwining systems and that's like literally all katan is yeah so i was just in heaven as soon as i realized what was going on yeah and i love like esports mountain dew <laughs> like really the the, the more so sort just of pumping your fist yeah like if you, it has like sort of a cheese dust on the on the cover of <laughs> that, the game yeah, i'm sort of really steven's that. fucking in yeah. yeah i'm fucking in yeah and that's katan <laughs> It's the perfect blending. I actually think of I both think the those. genre, like the specific genre of game Catan is, is called the Euro game. I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. And I think I think what that means, based on because I I feel like I'm still a board game layman, even though I've played a bunch. Like I I talk to my friends who like that's their thing, that's their domain. Yeah, they've got that bookshelf of games yeah. and like German men with like jewels looking at you, and it's like, <laughs> what is this game even about? Yeah. Um, but Euro games tend to be like there is a precise way to victory and a lot of it is like resource management based. I mean, mm-hmm. Catan is like the most clear example of that. Yeah. All that to say, we played Catan and then we came to this beach house and sort of like through an act of divine intervention, we all ended up downloading the <laughs> uh, Settlers of Catan uh, HD app on our iPads. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I couldn't get enough of it and yeah. I just wanted to be playing more of it. Right. So I just like tried to convince everybody to get it because yeah. I had already downloaded it, as mentioned earlier. Yeah. So I re-downloaded it. And I think you already had it as well. No, AJ I, no, already I, had it. He already had it. Yeah, I got it. For, I had played Gatan before, and uh, but I, I didn't have the app. Yeah. So the app is $5. I'll be, I'll be frank. The app itself is like <laughs> not great. Like no. it feels, it looks a little bit like you clicked an ad. Yes. We should be clear. All, it's yes. just, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, asterisk on top of an asterisk. We're playing like an older version yes. of the Catan app. There is a new one that they seem to have made called Catan Universe, which is like, I'm a, sure is lovely, which is like a free to play thing. I think it's also the version that's on the switch. Uh, but we're playing like the old version that they released for iPads initially when everybody first realized that iPads could be used to play board games. Yeah, so like you download the thing, there's there's a strange cutscene and then like sort of malware-esque opening title and then you have to sign up to play online. <laughs> uh, and when you sign up, 
you give them your email address and name and they'll tell you your email address is already in use. Yes. Which is surprising to me because I didn't have the app. Right. So I'm like, either I've gotten hacked and someone has made a Katana account in my name <laughs> uh, or something is amiss. And I found out that I actually did. And this is, this sounds like a bit. This is actually just instructions. You will get that same error message too. Yes. Check your email and you will have received an email from a sketchy titled email address. It's yeah. like hotlive.net. It's, some, it's something like that. <laughs> Stay with me, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, it's Hot not people xxx for you dot biz. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to be your own boss? Anyway, <laughs> so you get this email, and then you'll activate your account from there, and then it's pretty seamless. Your friend list might be in German. That's okay. Just trust it. You'll figure it out. But once you actually get to play the game, it's just it's just a testament to how fun Catan is. And like honestly, I think I think you and I are kind of getting interested in the idea of like video game adaptations of board games. Yeah. And I think that the Catan app, even with its various like issues and, and funniness, it does take care of some stuff that actually makes the experience a little bit like more streamlined. Yeah. Um, for totally. example, like at the beginning of every turn in Catan, which I'm sure, sure most people know, but just to go over it, like there are numbers on tiles and, and at every turn someone rolls two dice and whatever number that is, whoever has a settlement on that tile gets that resource. So in the game, you just get that automatically. And there's also a more streamlined approach to trading, which honestly, even though this game, and maybe we'll get into this in a bit, this game does bring out the lawful evil in everyone. Like everyone, no matter how kind, you're a very kind person. You're my best friends. <laughs> I've never seen you as mischievous or conniving. Yeah. You asked me like, what do you got? Like just as if it was a friendly offer. Yeah. And I told you what I had and then you played the Monopoly card to take everything. Yes. So like that's yes. what this does to friendships. <laughs> but I do think like having the ability to trade via the app, just like, okay, here's the offer. You can say yes or no. It eliminates the like, do you have any sheep? Or like I like that part of Katana has always drained me. Yeah. Like as a person. And this just sort of gets rid of that. Right. Yeah. And, and, what I've enjoyed, I mean, this is not how it goes usually, because yeah. I imagine like the whole idea of playing online is that you're playing, you know, uh, in separate areas. But the fact that there's like four of us here playing together online uh, through this app, I think has also made for some like really, really, uh, really fun play. Just specifically because like, yes, the um, trading system in the app version is really great and really streamlined. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to like walk over to you and like, you know, whisper in your ears, sweet nothings and then try and get your sheep, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. And I think that's kind of where you're going with this idea of you and I being interested in video game adaptations of board games where like, I like the idea of a game just kind of like handling a lot of the management shit yeah. and a lot of the like doling out of pieces and whatever and dice rolls and all that kind of stuff that that actually is more fun for me, I think. So like we just played uh, we're playing a lot of board games or on this trip uh, and, and we played Root earlier. That was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and like two turns in, I was like, well, I know Root is on the switch and I already love this. so I'm just going to pick it up on switch. I'm sure I'm going to play a shitload of. Root yeah, I think switch. we'll touch. I think I brought it up once, but I you now did, that yeah. we both have it. I, w- I would love to revisit it. Yeah. Um, I just I like I like this space. Um, and that's it's been happening a lot as well, too. I, I, I know there's like a lot more uh, board game adaptations dropping on Switch in particular. I mean, there's obviously a billion on iOS and Android already, but on Switch, I, I'm very interested in like I know uh, the Oink card games like mini card games um, all just got dropped, I think day and date on the Indie World Direct that happened uh, earlier in the week, which was pretty cool. Um, I'm considering checking those out for us later yeah. today, but like, I love that stuff. I, I, I'm starting to learn that I love that stuff. And that's, that's always fun. That's a fun aspect of a, just like being friends with people, but B <laughs> doing this podcast. Um, I think friends fucking rules. Yeah. Friends are sick. Yeah. Actually <laughs> I can get into a, a thing that we're talking about later with animal crossing, but KK slider just told me like having friends is great. You should yeah. try it sometime. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Get out I will there and live, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, just just the idea of a video game adaptation of a board game, because I I, th- I think that it's obviously not existing in the place of the board game. Because yeah. like usually, like if you get root on Steam, you probably either have played the game or have it, mm-hmm. and it's a, just another way to experience it. And it, it's interesting to see like what opportunities are there. Like with root, they have like animations for the battles, and like I like it w- when it just takes care of like the like. Games that have a ton of tokens and stuff. Like, I guess it's kind of the yes, appeal. Yeah, exactly. But it's just nice to like, I don't have to worry about forgetting that. just taken care of. Yeah. Um, and like, then if you go to the actual material game, like you'll have that knowledge secondhand to be like, okay, I know how to do this. Right. You, you and I, we all just played Oath together, which is yeah. another game by the makers of Root. And Oath is a game that's like 
half spent just like doling out tokens and like looking at cards and flipping shit over and like it's like that part that's the part i find draining personally is like the actual like management of things so i i don't know i i think that's a really interesting space and and as always i think just like the big hypothetical of what if somebody just made a board game that is only available via switch or via ipad or something i think is interesting i feel like slay the spire is almost that in a way yeah i mean games I, like that i think i've recommended games since, inspired by board games i mean totally i mean i think that deck builders inherently have a lot of board game dna because it's sort of like the whole vibe you yeah, know yeah. and again going to like the different genres of board games and that sort of venn diagram of different genres of video games it's really yeah. interesting yeah it's a cool spot man dude fucking gaming <laughs> so so cool man uh i feel like i feel like so much stuff has happened the past couple of days i'm still like i don't know we, we mentioned it in the goatee episode which you'll hear i think on january 5th yeah I, I love this space after we've recorded goatee yes and like before the first big release of the next year comes out we're yeah. like we could just do whatever we could just talk about katana every week like we, could, <laughs> <laughs> we can do kind of whatever we want um, well i find i find that like in looking at past seasons like it is always when i think we find a new passion yeah i mean this this year in january we play dragon quest 11 yeah that was the bonus and then i think the other uh bonus episodes were our favorite soundtracks mother three eco shadow of the colossus <laughs> yeah. like that's a really like I, I i i agree i think that that sort of pressureless space prior to our season premiere yeah. and after goatee it really allows us to just explore anything in in video games history. Yeah, I mean, we have all- two shows essentially. Yeah, <laughs> we have two podcasts. One of them is one of them is six months long, and and ends around like E three era. And then the next six months is all like us just playing new shit. Yeah, in anticipation of Goaty. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting too. I mean, I think prior to this season, we got really into FF fourteen. Yeah. in that time of year, which I really want to go back to because I hear nothing but good things about N Walker, and I yeah. feel like you and I loved a Realm Reborn, so I feel like yeah, we're already set to just <laughs> lose our minds about the actually good yeah. content. <laughs> it's like somebody well, just getting an appetizer of like a five yeah. course meal and being like, "This is the best thing I've ever eaten." <laughs> I do. I, I I'll predict one of my big uh, <laughs> one of my big things. I think uh, for the next couple months at least, because so. We're, we're, we're in a beach town, which is obviously like totally vacant because it's the yeah. middle of winter. Um, was one of the reasons we wanted to stay here, I think, was just like a cool place to hang out. Yeah. And I just like on a whim checked the local Best Buy to see if they had OLED switches in stock because I was like, nobody fucking lives here. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I imagine if they have one in stock or ever got one in stock, it's probably just still sitting there gathering dust. And uh, dear listener, I was correct. Yeah. Um, they had a whole bunch in stock. So I just like went and picked one up. Um, which first of all, I'll, I'll just say the OLED switch is very pretty. There's a lot of stuff that you can go read about it. Um, a lot of great video about it, honestly. And you, you and I kind of agree on this, I think, cause we've both been kind of checking it out. I almost feel like the size of the screen being a little bit bigger is actually more interesting and better than just the OLED side itself. Like obviously the color is very vibrant. It's nice that the black pixels don't turn on. So you get this really great contrast. I mean, it's like a very pretty screen, but the size of it is the thing that I'm constantly like, I pick the thing up and I'm like, oh man, I might actually play a shitload of handheld because as we've talked about, my biggest gripe with the Switch is that I don't like playing it in handheld and like suddenly that's all I want to do, Yeah, which I think is just a testament to how good the hardware is. But in the process of transferring all my data over, like I just got like super laissez-faire about it and and accidentally deleted my Animal Crossing Island. Oh, and I no. and, and I think the next couple months are going to be me just kind of like reinvigorated by animal crossing. Cause I was kind of, I was kind of weirdly like into it. Like once I realized it happened, I, I feel like all of you reacted like, Oh my God, are you okay? And like yeah. people were texting me. They were like, Oh my God, are you going to be all right? And I was like, yeah, I think I am going to be all right. Actually. It's kind of nice to have a new beginning like this, totally, especially with all the additions over the past couple of years, all the, all the like events that they've added and all the expansion stuff is especially like happy home paradise and the new stuff. Like oh, yeah. it'll be really interesting to fold all of that stuff into like a fresh experience. I'm actually really excited to see what that's like. Like if you were to get Animal Crossing right now, what is the experience you would have? Probably fucking great. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to get there. I mean, right now I'm at the point where I've like named my island, which is called New Catan, by full the way. Full circle. Yeah. yeah, full circle. Just That's why this is one segment. But it's called New Catan and I've like just named the island, like picked up sticks and like that's as much as I've done. <laughs> I, I caught a few fish. Tom Nook. Tom Nook said free of charge, he'll teach me how to build a fishing rod. So. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Tom. Thanks, fucker. Yeah, it, um, it is. It's funny, like watching you start again and like seeing Tom and uh, his 
nephews like awaiting your arrival it's like you're gonna make so much money off me dude <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna make so much yeah we're, we're gonna have a really strange relationship for yeah. the next like year at least yeah um but i think that'll be one of my big ones uh which is i think it'll be fun um to to start fresh because like even with all the additions and happy home paradise and stuff i was really just playing happy home paradise and yeah. not doing the actual animal crossing side at all but something about just having my island wiped kind of out of my control is like oh yeah i i actually do want to engage with this and see what it's all about yeah i've had several friends who uh willingly or not have had to start over in yeah. animal crossing and it does i mean we've talked a lot about how those opening hours are maybe the best part of it yeah totally Because i think that that's sort of it's sort of like a deconstruction of the animal crossing experience in that it doesn't start like it, that sort of opening act ends where most begin. Yeah. And that's like 30 hours. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like the first like two weeks just about. Yeah. Cause I, I think that's when you can like start to get um, the airport and that's when you like can build a town hall and start to like get actual like permanent spaces that aren't yeah. just tents. I will mail you 30 or though. Cause yeah. that's, that's the one part Thank that you. could take weeks. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do think ever, the fact that everyone will be very generous is very nice. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So if you're, if you're in the discord, for example, uh, I could, I could use some help potentially. That, but, there's a really active animal crossing channel in the discord uh, for anyone interested who's playing. Actually, we did, we did get an email from someone who uh, specified to call them full moon ass boys. 68 uh which is <laughs> interesting it's it's a nod to a uh, older season anyway um but uh they they essentially asked like if they first of all thank you for emailing and for the kind words um film and Boy 68 and they also asked if animal crossing is still worth playing at this point um to which i would say yeah absolutely it's I mean, never been more worth playing yeah, honestly i think that like there's obviously that sort of um, March 2020 hype that will, I think, never really be yeah. uh, repeated. But like even without that, there are still millions of people playing this game. Yeah. And I think it also depends on like what you're looking to get out of it. But as a as a solitary, like chill, heartfelt game, like it's got so much to offer. And it's it's really up to you, like what angle you want to come in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think. People already loved it when it came out. And I, I think, you know, the the very vocal uh, detractors from it, like they kind of got everything they were looking for also in subsequent updates. So at this point, it's like pretty much ex it's perfect. I don't know. It's like it's like a, it's like a perfect game. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know anymore. It's absolutely worth getting. Yeah. Um, I, I never really felt like there are some games that it's hard for me to go back if I don't have a group to play with. And I don't mm -hmm. I don't feel that way about Animal Crossing, really. Yeah. Yeah. Same personally. Yeah, I, I played um, New Leaf mostly by myself, you yeah. know, um, and Wild World. I think I, I played a little bit with friends. Uh, City Folk, I also played entirely solitary. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. You'll have a good time. Full Moon Ass Boy 68. <laughs> uh, the other thing I'm playing on the OLED Switch, I mean, again, I've only had it for like a day and a half at this point. But the other thing that I've been playing is Loop Hero, which just came out on Switch recently. Loop Hero, we talked about last year. Or beginning of this out. year. Oh, yeah, yeah, beginning of this yeah. year. I think it was like March or April or something when it came out. It was really early, yeah. Uh, uh, on on pc and mac and uh i really liked it then and then kind of fell off um i was streaming it a lot as well but it came out on switch i remember you and i talked about it when it first came out and one of the one of the topics of conversation was like will this ever get ported like it's such a mouse cursor heavy game like it's all about just like picking up and dropping things in different places uh, with a mouse like can you really port that and dear listener and dear steven they like absolutely fucking nailed it that's awesome it's, it's really good I, I i won't get like super into it but if you know loop hero i'll just say this and maybe this will work the left um the left stick is just kind of the mouse cursor you press a obviously which is just like clicking on shit if you press the left trigger that's for placing environment cards and if you press the right trigger that's for like managing your equipment so it's like you're constantly moving stuff around it's just like which trigger are you holding on to and that's it i mean that's the whole game and like that by itself works so well and as a fallback you can use the touchscreen oh that rules so like i would that's, that's like one feature i wish was used more often is yeah, the touchscreen i know again the switch has like everything nintendo systems have done in the past right but they're just sort of there. There's like HD rumble and touchscreen and motion controls. Yeah. And, and if you get a piece of cardboard, you can put it up to your face like a virtual boy. <laughs> it just doesn't Finally. turn red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, Tom. Take everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, the OLED switch is good. Animal Crossing uh, will probably be good once I get really like into it again. Loop Hero is good. Catan is good. <laughs> Oath is good. Root is good. <laughs> How are know. you though? How am I? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good post Goaty. 
Yeah, I think we're still sort of like riding high off that. It was it was just such a great experience. I mean, yeah. I always loved doing those episodes, but like, of course, it's five hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's going to be a really enjoyable opera length episode for <laughs> yeah. you all. Yeah, I do. I think the raw recording was like five and a half hours or something like that. So yeah. Uh, I, I will say this as a teaser. I think it was the most interesting conversation about the show's top five. Yeah. Because the way it works for those who haven't listened before, Brendan and I each make a top 10 list and then we have to um, like haggle for what are the five, what are the top five games like for the Aether for the yeah. show? Like what's yeah. the collective list? And that was a really fun conversation, I think. I mean, the whole thing was great, but that was like more interesting than it has been. Yeah. And kind of as expected, I think just because the way this year has uh, has has played out, like really no, no clear winner, you know, like sure. without a Hades or a Fire Emblem Three Houses or whatever. Um, I, I think the lists are really fun. So yeah. I, I was very surprised. I'll say that much. The Discord uh, results were also really cool. Um, yeah, I was blown away by that, actually. Yeah. And again, I mean, the last two seasons, there has been a four way tie between you, me, the show and the discord. Yeah, <laughs> there's been a four way tie for what the game of the year is. So I don't think that's the norm. I actually think that this year is more the norm than other years are. Yeah. You know, in, so, in some ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe a middle ground between the two. Who knows? It was time, fascinating. Time, man. That was a fascinating recording session. Yeah. It's definitely it was very relaxing, too. It was chill. Anyway, should we like take a break and then talk about some <laughs> other stuff? <laughs> this episode is also very chill i mean we're just to, like i i want to paint a word picture steven and i are sitting here we have uh two microphones clamped to two sides of a bed yeah like a bed frame yeah uh and we're sitting across the bed from one another just like staring into each other's eyes and i'm watching uh the audition file creep up in minutes it's really cool we're we're in a very nautical setting right now yeah and the sun set beautifully hours ago yeah um, it's great so yeah it, it's just like a super chill time yeah it's been, it's been nice. Let's it's take a break. Really Let's take a break. <laughs> See you soon. Goodbye. Brendan. Steven. We're back, baby. I want to hear about some new games. Enough about Goaty 2021. It's almost 2022. <laughs> I want a new year, new resolutions, uh-huh. the sun rising on the nautical setting and not setting. Yeah. What's going on? Well, a game that I've been playing uh, recently, I guess over the past couple of weeks, in preparation for Goaty, uh, and definitely wanted to bring up, is a game called Lake, uh, yeah. which I played, I think during Summer Games Fest, there was a demo release or a bunch of demos released during Summer Games Fest for the Xbox specifically. Um, and two really jumped out at me. One of them was Lake and the other one was Tunic. Tunic got pushed to next year. I think it's March of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very excited for that. It's, kind of, it's kind of like a Death's Door uh, slash, what was the other one? Unsighted k- kind of game. Yeah. Um, you know, just like that growing genre of whatever we're calling that. Uh, but Lake was Lake was a real standout for me. Um, because a, it was the only game I tried in all those demos that didn't crash. So that was pretty cool. I tried <laughs> that going for it. I tried yeah. doing a stream of all the demos that they released and Lake like worked for 30 straight minutes and then everything else crashed in like 10. So shout out to Lake. Uh, Lake is a game where you play as a, uh, woman named Meredith who moves home from Portland, Oregon to a town named Providence Oaks where she grew up. And it's literally just like a bunch of houses lining a lake. And her father has recently retired as a mail carrier for USPS. And she is working as uh, a developer on some like very boring file management software for like enterprise customers. Yeah. Uh, And also worth mentioning, it's like the mid to late 80s. So like that's like as new as software can be. You know, it's like (laughs) people don't even people are like unaware of computers still in like a real way. Yeah. Cellular Um, phones have backpack batteries. Yes. Uh, Meredith does have a laptop and it's gigantic. It's like huge. That's cool. And it also has her software on it, which (gasps) is fun. But anyway, she's like, I need to get away for two weeks. This job is very stressful. You know, it's like a startup. It's like a whole deal. So she offers because there's this kind of like two week period after her father has retired as a postal carrier um, where like, they can't bring somebody else in. So she's like, I'll just cover that job for two weeks. Like I'll just be the person who carries the mail in Providence Oaks for two weeks and uh, go hang out at my parents' house. They're away on vacation because, you know, like a retirement celebration. So she's like, I'm just staying in my old childhood house by myself. I'm carrying mail day by day and just like chilling out. 
And that's like pretty much the whole game is you wake up every morning, you hop into your mail truck uh, and they give you a route of all the places you need to drop mail off, whether it be letters or packages. And you drive around Providence Oaks and just drop the stuff off. I mean, like if it's a letter, you just like drop it in their mailbox. If it's a package, you ring the doorbell and see if somebody shows up. And if they don't, then you just put it on their stoop and then you split. But what entails is essentially you driving around and doing that and like accidentally or on purpose reconnecting with people that Meredith knew when she was growing up um, or people related to those people or just like complete randos um, who make a big impact. But uh, the whole vibe is like extremely, extremely relaxing uh, in a way that I really appreciated. But it also so perfectly captures the energy of going home, which yeah. like I feel like you would love this game specifically uh -huh. right now as a person who has flown back from Chicago to New Jersey yeah. um, to hang out for a couple of weeks. Like, I feel like you would resonate with everything that Meredith is going through 110 percent because it's like she's, you know, in her, I would say, like mid to late 30s and is like considering a career change potentially is like, I don't know if I want to work in tech. And I feel like the kind of slow pace of Providence Oaks versus Portland, Oregon at the time, I guess, is like. I think really enticing and as she continues to run into like her friends from middle school and stuff or like you know uh friends of her parents or whatever um I think she's starting to like really think that this is the place she should move back to like she should move back home and I I really I really appreciate that story and and I mentioned it um a little bit in our Goaty episode but like I think that it's really brave that this game doesn't have like a big fucking twist like it doesn't even hint at a twist like I think um I don't I don't want to spoil too much, but there are some games that I think very highly of that kind of have this approach. It's like it, it is it is a you know a person exploring a place or it is a person like doing something that seems mundane. But I think because it's because of the nature of video games and video game narrative, you would just assume that eventually something like wild is going to happen and they kind of prey on that and use that expectation against you. So those things don't happen. And it's like, oh, the twist was actually that it was all very normal. <laughs> um, Lake doesn't even like try and do that. Lake is just very content being a story just about a person in the 80s with no real twists, uh, so to speak. And and what you're really left with is just like an energy and uh, like a set of themes and ideas, which I think even if you're not like Meredith's age or considering a career change or visiting home very often, if you don't have nostalgia for home, like I think you'll still connect with a lot of what's happening here. Sure. Because even if you don't find Meredith to be someone that you... Uh, connect with in any emotional capacity some of the other people in town might resonate with you as well yeah um and i i really love that i I, th I think i wish that there were more games like this is kind of my thing and there's a lot in the indie scene and to be clear this is an indie game but there are a lot in the indie scene that are like you know on itch and things like that but i i think so infrequently does one like show up on game pass for example and like be optimized for the series s yeah so I don't know. I really enjoyed my time with Lake. I, I like it a lot. It's, I think it's on Game Pass now and I think it's available um, on uh, xCloud, which is great. I'm excited to play it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely reminds me a bit of uh, the framing device of Stardew Valley. And I yeah. think it's interesting that like in Stardew Valley, you know, your character is someone who like works a kind of boring day job yeah. and then is like, I want to start a farm. Yeah. And then uh, moves to a farm and then your grandfather's ghost judge you, but that's, you know, we'll get to that <laughs> later. But, um, there's the whole th side of it where there are all these villagers in town that have their own stories that yeah. are like, you know, oddly heavy and like really personal. And, you know, mm -hmm. as a, as a player, you can maybe like relate to those or seek them out for their own just narrative richness. But I think it's interesting that Lake is essentially taking that aspect and just focusing entirely on that. Yeah. You know, not worrying about like a farm or fighting slimes. Now that that's bad because Stardew is like trying to provide a varied experience. Yeah. Going back to your point about like defaulting to high stakes. I think that's a really brilliant point. I think that's kind of all media where I think that like it's really, really tough to have any piece of media that is sort of like uh, lighter stakes, like a more relaxed energy. And I think there's sort of like almost a panic in the writing sometimes like we got to have like a climax or we got to right. have like and I think we're we're especially used to that in the West, I think, with like the sort of three act structure of a lot of storytelling is like rising action climax finale. Yeah. And I'm always so impressed when a game can have that tone and not 
not need that conflict. Right. You know, cause it's, yeah. cause it, there are other games and other pieces of media that have that tone, but they feel like it, there's such little stakes that you don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like, it's such a hard yeah, balance. Totally. It's so impressive when it's pulled off. I think my favorite example of that, I think is Kiki's delivery service. Where right, like, right. And even that, like in the very, not to spoil it, but at the very end, there's kind of like, there's a tornado. Like there's like mm-hmm. something that happens at the very end that feels like, Oh, we got to have a big thing. Yeah. But it's more, it works. Cause it's more related to her personal story. Right. Which is why you're there. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's akin to like hangout movies, right? Like once upon a time in Hollywood, which also kind of has like a big third act, like holy shit thing. Yeah. Um, but maybe more recently, a better example film wise is licorice pizza, which I think isn't out everywhere, but by the time this podcast comes out, I think it'll be out everywhere. That very much is, is kind of what Lake is going for. Like that very much is like, you just have two characters that you're focusing on and you're just getting in their heads and figuring out like what they're, what their conflicts are and how they're going to resolve them. Um, and that's, that's what's going on with Lake and Meredith. Um, and I, I really like it. I've been thinking about it a lot. And I think that's one of the reasons I, I, uh, I wanted to bring it up is like, I just haven't stopped thinking about it since I've played it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the kind of experience that I will cherish. I think, you know, like looking back at 2021 video games, um, there are a few, I would say like five ish that, have popped into my head constantly throughout the year after I've played them. Yeah. Um, just because a couple things about them have resonated. I'm really trying to not give anything away. <laughs> Wasn't it cool when the thing I loved did the thing? Yeah. But, uh, anyway, Lake is a game that I, I don't think got a lot of, uh, airplay and, uh, I would recommend checking it out. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to play it. Yeah. I think I will connect with, uh, I, th- I think that there's always something surreal about visiting home because yeah. I think you're always sort of unconsciously thrust back into that headspace. Yeah. No matter how old you are, it's like, oh yeah. shit, I'm a kid again. <laughs> stop in chats with people you like people you grew up with. Stop in chats with like the parents of people you grew up with, you know, like all that stuff is in Lake and is super weird. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, they, they tackle everything. There's like a character who's like trying to fight against a corporation that's trying to like build an apartment complex in the town there's like uh i don't want to give too much away but there's um one package that you deliver to like your best friend from uh high school who's like pissed to see you when you show up it's like after like 15 years you just show up on my doorstep like literally delivering a package (laughs) to me this is how you're reintroducing yourself into my life after just like ghosting me for so long like wow yeah um I I think it's great. I think it's really good. And I just want to reiterate, it's on xCloud, so even if you don't have an Xbox, you could get Game Pass and like stream it on your computer somewhere. Um, and this is like absolutely the kind of game that you can very reliably stream. I feel like I feel like xCloud is a hard recommend for a lot of people just because of the way internet works. Um, not everybody has the most reliable internet. But there are a couple games like Dragon Quest XI, for example, which is on xCloud, which is like a great game for that because all you have to do is run and then the battles are turn-based. So there's really really no like reflex involved at any point lake is the same way like when you're driving you're driving the speed limit when you're (laughs) walking around you're literally walking around there's not a run button in this game there's no Um, perfect parry in lake there are no perfect parries in lake (laughs) oh bummer yeah um no roman cancels (laughs) etc etc uh yeah so i i don't know it's like a great recommend i think for that Oh man, you, you really hit me with that. <laughs> you really got me with Roman cancels. Uh-huh. That's lovely. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to play it. I don't have too much new in mind. Again, you know, we recorded Goatee a few days ago, and this weekend has been mostly board games and just hanging out. I showed you 15 seconds of a game on my Switch, and you immediately bought it on <laughs> your Mac. If you want to talk about that. Yeah, man, I was going to get to it, but I appreciate the setup. <laughs> so yeah, we were, as you were, um, there's been kind of a fun quest of re-downloading all your games to the OLED switch. Yes. Because the switch seems to have developed sentience in some ways and just choosing what it wants to download. Yeah, it's really funny because I just went through like the re-download software thing and just like went down the list alphabetically and it just is downloading it in whatever order it wants. Yeah. So I saw a game there that's, that was called, it is called Battle Chef Brigade. Deluxe. Deluxe. Thank you. It's important. Yeah. Um, and I, it sounded familiar, but I'm like, what is that? Like, mm-hmm. You know, because we're just looking through. And I go, oh, it's really cool. I, I think you immediately said, like, this might be a Stephen game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a game that AJ recommended to me like yeah. over a year ago. And then I downloaded it and played it for like 15 minutes and then talked to you about. And then I, I think I stopped playing it and then you had forgotten about it. <laughs> 
Whoops. And here we are again. Yeah. So you put it on and I immediately just loved the art style. Yeah. And I forgot my Switch this weekend, tragically. But I do have my Br- M1 MacBook Pro. What were you going to say? <laughs> I just said brutal. Brutal. Yeah. So I looked up if it was on Steam on Mac and it is, which is cool. <laughs> Can't play Root on the Switch and the board game version simultaneously. Exactly right. Because you forgot your Switch. Oh, I fucked it up. But next time we should do that. <laughs> but I did find Battleship Brigade on Steam. Yes. For $20. And I bought it. Two zero. Uh, so to be clear, I have only played maybe like a half hour of it. Like yeah. It was really quick. I was playing it like before we started recording, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after we were wrapping up Oath. But, you know, I, I, I think it's even though I want to I, I will probably bring it up again once I get further in and maybe give like my my, you know, whenever it brings it to the show, it's never like rarely is it like this is the ultimate unless it's like a bonus. Yeah. And even then, like opinions are always a changing, growing thing. It's hard to be like this is forever the stone tablet in which my opinion is laid. <laughs> right. um, but I just think conceptually, I, I I love this game immediately, which is why I bought it immediately. It, it's really worth stressing like how beautiful the game is. Like the art style is kind of like watercolors and um, it, it looks kind of like a, a sketchier, more watercolor based version of spirit fairer yeah a little bit it yeah. has that kind of fluid animation um published by adult swim games and developed by trigger studios i believe y- yeah so essentially what it is is it's this story about this young woman who wants to be like a celebrity chef but it's like very kind of like anime my hero academia where like every celebrity chef is like got superpowers or is like kind of like it's actually more like D almost where there's sort of like a fantasy flair to it yeah, as well. Yeah, totally. Um, there's a lot of influence, especially, I mean, actually, unconsciously, I think I brought up Kiki's Delivery Service for a reason. There's even a character named Kiki who's yes. like very clearly inspired by one of the characters in that movie. But essentially, you're this young woman who is uh, working at like this restaurant that's like not very busy. And that's sort of like the tutorial of the game where when you're cooking, you're dropping ingredients and stirring them around and it's a match three. But there's a little bit more going on because like you can move like groups of ingredients by stirring. I think they very creatively interpreted a match three into like what you would do while cooking. Yeah. Like stirring and, and adding ingredients. And then you just go outside and pull out like two knives and just like fight animals for ingredients yeah which fucking rules like i love i love sort of rpgs that have this sort of dual approach and i've yet to really find one that like really like kills it with that like i feel like um i really liked um sakana of rice and ruin which was like a farming sim meshed up with a uh sort of like beat em up was that 2021 it was the very end of 2020 okay uh it was a really cool game but i found that the farming was way more enjoyable than the fighting in my opinion yeah and i usually find that like in these types of games like one side of it is better than the other Mm -hmm. moonlighter is another good example like i loved the store part of it yeah and then exploring the dungeons felt a little bit less than to me yeah i agree um so already i feel much more confident that the fighting and the cooking here are more on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either of them are going to like excel, yeah. but they both feel fun to do, at least in the very early yeah. hour of the game. And I, th- I think what's important, like I think it's, I think it's important to make that distinction between the fighting and the cooking, but also the fighting and the cooking is the battle side of it right so like that's actually its own half of the game and the other half is like the rpg walking around town talking to people like forging relationships in the town challenging like random people to battles etc so like like if one half of the half of the game was bad like you still have so much fucking great game there. Yeah. And, and I think this game is definitely prioritizing presentation and story and character yeah. almost above all else. Like it kind of reminds me of how like 13 Sentinels was a visual novel first and then it had tactics like right. just sort of serve as the other half, which I know a lot of people like didn't really like the tactics as much as everything else. It didn't get in the way for me, but it certainly wasn't why I was playing it. Mm. And I imagine that the deeper I go with this, I will be playing it more for the presentation and the story. Yeah. And again, I'm extremely early, so this might all change, <laughs> but, uh, I just, I'm really impressed by it. I can't believe I missed it. And I just, I love going back to the sort of low stakes thing. Like I already love the vibe of it and this, and this story just kicking off. Like this person wants to chase their dream, mm-hmm. become a battle chef. Yeah. And that's sort of like, I, I'm also a sucker for like great British bake off and like food shows in general. Yeah. This is so like, this feels like tailor made for me. Yeah. I, I, I picked it up 
sometime earlier this year, I believe, specifically because I was watching Food Wars, which is an anime that is like kind of similar. It's about like a bunch of people who go to like a really hardcore uh, cooking school. And I was like, oh, man, there's a game kind of like this. I definitely want to check it out. And I picked it up mainly for the multiplayer because my partner right, Percy and I were playing it together well, yeah. and haven't really done the story at all. So, I mean, now like reinvigorated by you bringing it up, I'll probably go check it out again. Yeah. Um, and I also think this is a game that's going to shine on the OLED switch specifically because the art is so stellar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's on switch and steam, I believe. I don't know. Is it on uh, Game Pass as well? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think it might just be steam and, and switch currently. But um, I really like it. I, I will report back. But it's it's already kind of going back to what we said about how this time is like we can check out whatever. I love just sort of I don't love impulse buying, <laughs> but I love when I do that and I'm like shocked at what I got. Like yeah. I mean, the last time I took a chance this big and was like in love was Gravity Rush. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I always like that, like going in with no sort of preconceived notion of what it is. Mm-hmm. And and that's what game, game Pass is great for. Yeah. Too, because you don't have to spend $20 on that <laughs> chance. Yeah. But I'll report back on this. I just wanted to be known that I really love what I've played so far. Mm. And I also just love the idea. And I think I, I'd like to see more games like this. I think that they're, they're common, but it's again, it's a very delicate balance and it's hard to essentially make two good games, you know? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. that's essentially what you're tasking yourself with when you have this sort of like dual life approach. Yeah. Um, that's battle chef brigade deluxe. Right. Uh, it's available on switch. It's available on Mac. I just looked it up. It's also on windows and PlayStation four. Oh, cool. Um, so you can, play it on all those places from 2017 i believe yeah and it plays really well on mac if you have the uh, m1 mac like i do <laughs> yeah uh which that wasn't a brag i was just like it plays well on mac <laughs> <laughs> you got the newest macbook like yeah well it's not anymore now they have the m1 mac oh shit yeah sorry uh you want to take a break and then come back and talk about more stuff that sounds great to me okay goodbye see you then steven welcome back to the show hey before we get into the next bit, I just wanted to uh, mention that Spotify has recently added the ability to rate podcasts yeah. out of five stars, a la Apple Podcasts. So just like, hey, if you wouldn't mind doing that, then go ahead and do that. We a already lot of have, you have already done that. I know. We already really, have a bunch. Like unprompted, a yeah, whole bunch of people went and did it. Very uh, kind of you. But yeah, that would that would help out the show a lot if you feel inclined to do so. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. I think I think specifically mentioning it because like an outsized portion of our audience is listening on spotify yes. uh, according to the metrics that we have <laughs> access to um so if you're one of those people uh it would be great if you could give us five stars so thank you for that also wanted to do a listener question if that's cool, cool with you is yeah, that cool with it. you okay cool let's do that <laughs> all right you need to wait <laughs> fucking sick so we're gonna take a question from a listener we asked for a bunch of questions uh, if you ever have a question that you would like us to answer on the show please feel free to send it in any way you want that's twitter discord instagram fucking like mail it to us i don't know actually don't i've never given you my address <laughs> if you figured I it out i will say if i got terrifying. a letter yeah. i would be alarmed and probably not bring that question <laughs> to the show so don't what's send your a letter. favorite nbc yeah, what's your favorite kind of pizza no burn this one this is from donuts hello donuts if you were to develop an rpg how would you make it what would the setting be that's a great question, especially coming off what we just talked about. Yes. Do you have an answer? How would I make it? Poorly, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, how, how, uh, I would, look, I have learned about myself having tried to play many Final Fantasy games at this point. Yeah. That I really don't like the ATB system. Okay. Like, I don't like when there is a meter charging up that tells me when I have to attack and make a decision. I'm kind of with you. I think I, I, at, the, at this point, I think I prefer fully turn based yes or real time yeah i think the best execution of the hdb idea was actually ff7 remake i completely because that's what they were I, th- I think there was literally a i think it was around ff4 where there was sort of a split in the plan of like do we want this to be real time or do we want this to be turn based yeah and atb almost felt like a compromise yeah and then the, i think i believe this might be like simplifying what happened 
But I believe that that sort of split in team led to the uh, Mana series, which has been like oh. real time from Go. Yeah. So it is, it is an interesting. I, I think at this point, ATB is like the weird middle evolution of, mm-hmm. of both systems. But yeah. yeah, I just have never really had fun with it. And I keep I keep trying to play those games because I like just really want to experience the story. Like right now, I'm kind of making my way through Final Fantasy IX a little bit. Nice. And that's my that's like my big. Yeah, the battle system in that one is like fine. It's it's not. Yeah, like it's it's playable. Playing. I actually yeah. like it. I'm I'm sorry to anybody who feels upset by this, but I I liked it way more than Final Fantasy VIII, which yeah. I'm like I really tried playing that and just bounced the junction off system as hard as was a big swing and and uh, the thing about the junction system is that if you know what to do, you can break the game like hour one. Which is very silly. That's fun. Yeah. Um, but the best way to level up is to turn enemies into guards, which like, <laughs> we're not going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't even want to touch that. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking disgusting. So you don't get that to be, shit so out how would that inform how you made your RPG? Well, and what were the two questions again? It was how would you make it? Was the, what was the second one? Um, what would the setting be? What would the setting be? Yeah. Gotcha. The setting is a big thing for me. Yeah. The setting is a big question mark. I think the, I think the thing that I'm, most interested in um maybe because of lake etc mm. etc but um i feel like the idea of having like a turn-based combat rpg that's set in just like the real world is interesting yeah. and i don't really know how you would make that happen but <laughs> i just i feel like that's like the one kind of unmined thing in a way like maybe you don't need it to be like a big twist you know like you don't need a big like sci-fi spin like i'm thinking about earthbound for example sure which like obviously has like a wild amount of shit going on and, and mother three and et cetera, et cetera. but i don't know I'm, I'm i'm always very interested in people just kind of like exploring something that specific like really hasn't been done yeah i also i mean i think um you know i I have i always have like a million ideas for different creative projects and i've had like specific game ideas as well but for an rpg i mean i've always when i when i ran a DD campaign i've always sort of been drawn to fantasy in general but i also like having sort of a modern take on it which i think is why i loved like final fantasy 7 so much because like it is sort of this modern urban setting, but there is magic still. And it doesn't yeah. feel like it's like, it doesn't clash. Right. It's also why I love the comic series saga. Cause that's even like sort of a wild sort of acid trip of a setting mm. where there are all these different like creatures and planets, but it's like people kind of converse in a very modern way yeah. and it tackles modern themes. So I think that I usually like when either a fantasy or sci-fi setting isn't afraid to like, be a reflection of the time Mm -hmm. in a way and not just like echo Tolkien or like fall in love with like the jargon of, of the genre. Yeah. Honestly, a great example, a great recent example for us is arcane, which I think has like unbelievable setting. And of course it's like based in off of a video game. So like at any moment, riot could just do the thing that we're talking about, which they kind of have with ruined King, but that's set in Bilgewater. So it's like all pirate feels more familiar and that like, it feels like a sort of a like nineties RPG where there's nothing wrong with that, but I feel like it's sort of reveling in the, genre more right whereas arcane but is, even being set in like a nautical pirate zone is I mean, like yeah you know i love that i mean how many rpgs have you played that have been like nautical pirate rpgs very few chrono cross is one of them but it's not entirely that it just has it in it yeah i mean um, that even by itself is novel yeah right i love that so really what i'm saying is you gotta keep it nautical and that's what i want yeah i uh, truly if i made an rpg it would be nautical as shit like i would absolutely <laughs> make I would make like a wind wake. I mean, because I think actually you awoke part of my brain. <laughs> what I loved doing in the D&D campaign I ran was like they their home base was like a ship. Yeah. And a lot of the journey was like travel. So and and again, that sort of echoes my love for Mass Effect. Like I always love that space between beats. Yeah. And I think that in a game, there's a lot of opportunity for that sort of like space between main missions. Mm-hmm. So I think having an RPG where it's like mostly just like a, a pirate ship or like a sailing ship. Yeah. And then like discovery of land is like a big deal. Like you feel that. That's yeah. like why I love um, Sea of Thieves as well. Is like they really nailed that like the awesomeness of sailing where yeah. it's like you get really terrified or excited when you see another ship or see land. I think there's a mm-hmm. way to capture that, but have like a full story, like a full authored story. Yeah. I guess I gotta make it. I guess you gotta. Yeah. <laughs> I have, yeah, I, I have two things that have just been like sitting in the back of my head for like years and years at this point. One of them was a, was a, a campaign of masks, which is another kind of like tabletop D and D esque, uh, yeah. uh, game or RPG game, um, that I was gonna, um, 
be the DM for that was uh, essentially set in like a city of heroes, essentially. Um, and it's about like a bunch of people who uh, are trying to be like essentially the Robin to all the Batman that <laughs> oh, are like hanging yeah. out in there, um, which I always think would be fun. And honestly, weirdly linked to the thing I was saying earlier, there's an RPG that I've wanted to make for like years and years and years, like since I was working on games with people. That's about a SETI researcher who's trying to uh, find aliens out in out in space. I love that. Um, one day I'll make that. Hell yeah. Uh, somebody made a game with the exact name that I wanted to use for my game. So ever since then, I've been like knocked off my high horse of like, <laughs> I have a great idea and it's complete. Now, I, I've, I've been trying to come up with a new name for it for like six years. Oh, wow. I mean, the name will follow what you create. Yeah. I'm always kind of weird about titles. I never really go in with a title right away. Mm. I'm a title like years after kind of person. Mm. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Because you don't know where the story's going to go until it's over. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. Stevie's big day. Like I got to wait until I name something. Yeah. Then. You you might. Yeah. yeah Stevie's big. And then it turns out like mm, it was actually kind of a small oh, day. Steven's, and that's what's great about Steven's it. Steven's mild night. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's really cool. I hope you work on that one day. One day, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I want to make games. Do you want to make games? I would love to be involved in the process in, yeah. some, in some way. I don't. I, I don't really know what that looks like currently. But I mean, I would. I would love to. I love storytelling and and being part of a team in that way. Yeah. So I think that like I feel that definitely. Yeah, I, I think that I don't know if that type of project would be the thing I spearhead, but I also didn't think I would want to do that with comics, and I've done that multiple mm. times on my own. So like, <laughs> yeah. I, I never, I kind of like being open to it. Yeah, not to be too like well, I want to be, I want to be astrological. Yeah, just open yourself up to it. Saturn return, baby. <laughs> That's kind of the, like I, I've I've worked on a bunch of games, obviously a lot of indie projects, and uh, what I've learned about myself is I. I don't like being the head honcho mm. in stuff. I like being beneath somebody who has a very clear creative vision. Yeah. I'm actually speaking. not used. That's like in life. Yeah. Like I, I've like even thinking like career wise, I was like, uh, should I like make a startup or something? And like, I would never actually want to do that. But you know, <laughs> it's a thing you mull over when you're already in the startup world, which I used to be. Uh, and I was like, I don't, I don't think I want that fucking responsibility. Cause I think, the stress that comes with owning your own thing is so horrifying. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I, I've often been the initiator of stuff like that. Not startups, but like yeah. <laughs> creative projects and different things. Like in terms of that, like the sort of desire to initiate a creative project versus the hesitation to like want to be the leader. Yeah. That's why I'm really grateful for doing the show with you because I feel like we just have a really like easy like uh, teamwork. You yeah. Know, I, I feel like one of us will like take more on at one point and the, like the other will follow. It, it feels very seamless. In yeah. A way. Yeah. That's it's really rare to find. Symbiotic even. Exactly. Venom. <laughs> Let there be carnage available on Blu-ray. I'm a little pissed that I shared <laughs> how much I value our partnership and you compared it to Venom. Even though I know you know that that's a compliment or you think that's a compliment. I'm ha interpreting it as a compliment. Have you seen those movies? No. You got to watch those movies. Yeah. They're in love. It's Do you a, think I'm going to watch Venom and be like, that's me and Brendan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we saw Cats, I, you did turn to me as Sir Ian McKellen was drinking milk out of a bowl and said, that's you. So, yeah. you know, maybe our <laughs> astral mirror reflection is is different than I than I once thought. Yeah, it's possible. Regardless, I like working with you and I think it's a good balance. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. No, I, I think I think you're right. Yeah. And that that's... <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess that's like always been my big uh, stress point is like I never I never want to be like the fucking number one guy. And, and I very much don't have to be here, which is good. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't honestly, sometimes this doesn't even feel like a creative project. It just feels like we're recording the conversations you and I are having, which I think was funny, like because we picked up. Um, well, we drove to Philadelphia to go record Goaty with AJ in their apartment and then drove here the three of us in a car and like you and I just like did the podcast the whole drive. Like yeah. it's just this this is because people frequently ask like, oh, can you release like the unedited version it's of like Into all the you're going to get is me like leaving the room and going to the bathroom. It's like, <laughs> like, not gonna like be, this is yeah. we're literally recording the you're thing getting that we're doing 99 all the time percent of what happens. Yeah. The only extra content we could give you is just the other conversations that we're not recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I mean, honestly, in, in terms of thinking about this as not a creative project i do oh what i forgot we were talking about like what rpgs we wanted to make well it's all it's all <laughs> no i know together. i just yeah. like i forgot where we started this i mean i, th I mean, that kind of goes to my point is i think that like sometimes the best creative expression is one that doesn't feel forced 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, not to like, you know, you know what my New Year's resolution is? I want to stop qualifying everything with not to X. I'm just going to fucking do it. I yeah. want to be nautical. I want to be astrological. And I think I love that. Um, there's a great book uh, for artists called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain that mm. is sort of about teaching art as something that is observational and almost kind of unconscious and not like I've got to get this square perfect. Yeah. And I kind of take that approach whenever I I've never thought, thank God I overthought that <laughs> in any endeavor. And as someone who gets like a ton of anxiety and overthinks everything, I've always benefited from like trusting myself and letting the inspiration kind of carry me. Yeah. And I think we've been doing this show long enough that that's like how I feel when we record. I think early on, I, I've always felt comfortable with you, but I think when you start a show early on, there's that like pressure when the recording is happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, there's who you are off the air. And even if you're being yourself, like we are, like you are aware that this is a performance of some kind. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. I think that's very interesting. And, and going back to the RPGs you want to make, I just think like, <laughs> you know, sail a little bit <laughs> get on the boat cool thank you for that question thank Donuts. you that was a great one as we mentioned uh feel free to send in questions whenever you want yeah absolutely and we won't always get to them right away but we like keep all of them yeah um i think all of that having been said like as we mentioned uh at the top of the episode i think so we're gonna take next week off is our plan yeah the week after that is gonna be uh Godi dropping yeah. first week of uh, first, first week, week of 2022 yeah. will be the Goatee episode, which means that you and I are taking two weeks off from recording, right? which is going to be very so interesting. We're going to come back and just have to start this whole thing over. It's going to be a mess. All skill. Was, the island has been deleted. Yeah. We have to start from go. I'm, I'm really excited to find what like absolutely wild shit you and I get into. Because <laughs> I feel like anytime we take any time off. Yeah. Like one week it off like from recording. Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. I, I don't think we've ever taken two weeks off from recording. Uh, the most has been one, I think. You're going to get to Endwalker. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have little wings the next yeah. time you see me and be like slightly above the ground. <laughs> Hello, Brendan. It's your friend, Stephen. Don't you love creativity? Yeah, it'll all be backwards. AJ's editing is going to be like just reversing your audio track. <laughs> it's all backwards. It's all the Spotify reviews are like, I thought the show was good, but I don't know what happened in 2022. Yeah. Season five took a tumble. Huh? Season five uh, reversed the audio. That's the jumping the shark of podcasts. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to to find out what I get attached to because I, I I have no idea right now. Yeah, I love the sort of ambiguous time of the early year. I'm really looking forward to exploring it. You know what it might be, honestly? It's just what? a game that I've been ambiently playing for a while and haven't brought to the show at all. I was almost keeping it a secret, but like why? Is uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition? The first one, yeah. Yeah, for the Switch. Because you and I talked a little briefly on the show once about how we have like a shared distaste for two. Yeah, to be fair, I haven't played it, but I, I got for my roommate and i've seen enough to not really want to yeah to be honest like there are things i admire about it namely the setting like the environment design and yeah. like that angle of it i know a lot of people who really love it but i just i was off put by many aspects of it gorgeous video game yeah. like very beautiful yeah. i love the music etc cetera, etc cetera. um that's that's the only switch game i bought a physical edition of because i wasn't sure i was gonna like it mm. Uh, and I super did not. And then I returned it like, yeah. or not returned it, but I guess I like sold. I think it you got that when you were still like soul searching for an RPG. You liked. I was, yeah. yeah. And everybody told me to play that one. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And then I went on a really long hike with a friend a couple months ago. I love, I love how inspirational this episode is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like we were camping, we were in the woods and we went oh, yeah. on this like really long hike. And my friend was like, who doesn't play a lot of stuff on switch was like, you know what I've played? Like, hundred hours of a Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. And I don't know, we were on that hike for like five hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just heard so I like, guess I'll check it out. Yeah. And then I I, I did and I, god damn that game is good. It's cool. It's really good. Yeah, it has none of the problems I had with two. Um Shulk's in that one, right? Shulk in is person. in that one. Hell yeah. Backslash. <laughs> it's good. My roommate, uh my old roommate, we're not roommates anymore. We were roommates for a long time. So mm-hmm. I still think of him as a roommate, yeah. even though we don't live together. But uh he was really into Xenoblade Chronicles X with the mechs. Yeah, the mech one. Yeah. The Wii U. So if they report that to Switch, I will definitely check, check that out. out. Yeah, yeah. It looked cool. So who knows? Maybe I'll come back uh, in January and talk your ear off about Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Yeah. I'm excited to have finished Endwalker in the time between now and then. <laughs> Honestly, like truly, because there's so much time, just like dear listener send us recommendations like tweet at us whatever like yeah is there stuff that like we missed this year that you want to hear us talk about like i found that the audience is pretty good at gauging our taste 
Like I yeah. feel like we usually, it's usually not just like play COD or whatever. It's like <laughs> usually like, oh, I think Steven really like this or I think Brandon would like this. Yeah. We, again, we have overlapping tastes, but I think we also have, I mean, as all humans do, mm-hmm. we have our own subjective tastes as well. Yeah. Oh, I did download a bunch of stuff on Game Pass recently. Oh, cool. There's one in particular that I actually want you to check out because I think you would like it. Um, and I'm going to play it too. Maybe, you know, maybe this could be like our homework or yeah. our summer reading. <laughs> um in the winter but there's a game on game pass Someone right? reading in january yeah <laughs> uh go toy uh oh there's <laughs> there's a game on game pass called next space rebels have you heard of it no it's a game kind of like kerbal space program where like you have to build rockets yeah uh and just like have them not explode is kind of the idea except you are a YouTuber specifically. So it's like kind of okay if the rockets explode because it's not about getting your shit into space. It's more about growing your YouTube following. Oh, wow. So you have the same, like, I'm building stuff, you know, angle that Kerbal Space Program has, but, like, that's just kind of a piece of the game. I see. I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. Wow. And it's on Gay Pass. Oh, yeah. Check it out. I'll check it out. Sounds good. I have a lot of stuff downloaded that I haven't played yet. I mean... There's also stuff coming to the Switch that I'm wondering if that's going to be like the way to play it. Like Chicory is coming to Switch and Omori. Uh, Chicory is a game I already love and Omori is a game I really want to play. That's yeah. been recommended to me. That was recommended after we did the Mother 3 episode. So yeah. it shares a lot in common with with Earthbound and Mother overall. I did uh, I did download Chicory on the Switch, which nice. I, again, I think is going to look great on the OLED Switch. Oh, yeah. Um, and totally. I'm excited to finally finish that game. I'm excited to finish the fight in Chicory. Uh <laughs> <laughs> on the OLED switch. I think that's going to be cool. Uh-huh. Honestly, while we're just rattling shit off, um, also picked up a game that I had not heard of at all called Unearth You uh, for iOS. I think it's also available for Android, um, which apparently uh, is like a mindfulness and meditation app that um, is about is also a video game uh, in some way. Cool. And I'm like really curious about it. And then also somebody mentioned they called it the last infinity stone in our uh, League of Legends stuff. But Team Fight Tactics is a game that you and I didn't talk about. Oh, it's another league game. Yeah, it's another like league adjacent game. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a solid two weeks where like it was all league content. And then we did the arcane yeah. bonus for patrons, which kind of felt like, OK, we're tying a bow on it. And then as soon as we published it, somebody uh, added me in the discord was like, have you played this? Yeah. yeah. So uh, now day. I'm gonna. I guess we have to now. Should we wrap up? This actually ended up going longer than I think either of us thought it was going to. Yeah, let's wrap up. I love doing this with you, but I think we should enjoy the rest of our vacation. I totally agree. Uh, Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, the best way to help it grow is to share it with a friend. You can also review us on the newly unveiled Spotify rating application. Uh, But for real, you can write a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever you use, but either one helps us. Um, If you want to support us on Patreon, the link is at intothecast.online. That also has links to everywhere you can listen to the show, our YouTube and Twitch as well as the Discord which is a lovely place to talk about games and just hang out. Shout out to the Discord for just being a a continuous positive place. I feel like I, instead of the usual urge to check Twitter and feel terrible, I've replaced that with just visiting the Discord and talking about games. Yeah, I love that. It's way better. It's way better. Uh, So, Any channels you recommend? Where do you hang out? I hang out in games general. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm the gargoyle of the Fire Emblem channel where I'll just sort of like (laughs) pipe in with some stuff. Yeah. I'm also in the Guilty Gear channel because there's a pretty devoted group there that plays. So like we'll Mm -hmm. make lobbies and stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's that's about it. I I, I have like a handful that I check, but there's tons and there's stuff that's not about games too. Like if you want to, yeah, I was gonna say, but my my three are definitely uh, tech chat, which is kind of what it says on the tin. Games news, obviously, yeah. uh, all, all news focused stuff, and then uh, IRL photo mode because I take a lot of pictures. Yeah, there's also um, there's a self promo channel where a lot of people in the Discord will share like stuff that they're working on and there's there's a lot of talented people there that are sharing really cool stuff so it's, yeah. it's a really it's a really cool place so that's all into the cast.online i'm trying to think uh patreon um if back in the show puts you in a financial strain please do not but but back in the show you help us do more i have some plans for early 2022 like a a bigger episode for patrons and um keep an eye on that space i think we're always sort of figuring out like what works best for us because we want it to be active we also don't want to burn ourselves out so we're just trying to find like the best schedule for that place and like uh, find something that works for us and as we get more support we will have more time to work on it so it's sort of a self-beneficial thing it's a flywheel baby (laughs) 
Um, yeah. And, and honestly, I think like, although we're going to be gone for two weeks technically, or well, I guess not, we'll be gone for one week. But. Yeah. Only one week. You'll, you'll have plenty of us. Uh, even, even with that one week, Goaty's a long episode. So there's plenty of episode. content. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, even, you know, we'll be gone for a week. I imagine like we'll be streaming a bunch yeah. and a bunch of stuff. Like you'll probably return to the Nuzlocke once you get home yeah. and I'll, I'll be around doing stuff, uh, playing whatever it is that I decide I'm going to sink time into in our break. Nice. Um, so that'll be fun. I feel like I had one more thing I wanted to mention, but I don't remember what it is. Well, I guess we could just wrap up then. Uh, <laughs> okay. thank, thank you all so much for listening um, throughout the year, throughout the years. Yes. Plural. Yeah, it really, it's really nice to see. I mean, we've, we've now been doing this show for like a pretty decent amount of time. Yeah. And to see people, I mean, earlier, you know, someone who's seemingly just listened to the show reciting something from 2018 and people who have been around long enough to like know all that like it's yeah. really amazing 60 percent of new podcasts don't make it past three episodes really we've done 169 nice not in uh, hell yeah not including <laughs> the bonuses not including bonuses or patron episodes yeah uh that's amazing i love doing the show with you man i'm really excited for a new year likewise and uh i think with that we're gonna go like eat some food and I want a party. We're going to game. I want a game. <laughs> <laughs> what did, why did I add a B? I want a game. It's so, like on one hand, like good for us. I'm so glad that Hell we're doing yeah, this. Dude. On the other hand, it's so fucking sickening that we're like, we're on vacation. We're just going to play video games the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're just chilling. I know. You know, that's the one hand. <laughs> I'm talking about the other hand, Stephen. <laughs> the other hand is the fucked up one. <laughs> there are two sides to. All right, let's get out of here. My name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You find me at Stephen Hilger. Have a wonderful, happy new year. This will be oh, yeah. the end of the year. Happy new year. Happy new year. 2021 was a fucking weird year. I'm hopeful 2022 will be positive change. Again, Saturn return. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Garbage. Nah, I'm mine.